Welcome to Yummy Mummy Podcast. I'm Lisa Jane, your health and well-being host, inspiring you to bring out your best self and live a delicious life. On Sunday, 7th of June, 2020, 60 Minutes interviewed two vocal Australian thought leaders, Thanos Panayides and Chef Pete Evans, about their views on 5G towers, Bill Gates and coronavirus. The segment was called Mad As Hell, but the 20 minutes it was aired did not give these guys justice. Today, I have Thanos jumping on the show to have a chat about the few things 60 Minutes left out. This is episode 28, a one-take podcast. Hello, there you are. Your famous couch. (laughs) Yeah, I know, the famous backdrop. I need to uh, change it up a bit. (laughs) That's all good. It's all good. Wow, how are you feeling today since Sunday? Yeah, pretty good. Just give me one second. I'm just going to turn my messenger off. Otherwise, it's going to go off in the background all day. Yeah, totally understand. Okay. Excellent. Yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, it is what it is. I'm actually in the process right now of editing the full one, um, getting rid of because at the start, my phone was vibrating for some reason. I think I must have, my alarm or something must have been going off um, and it was vibrating. So I lost the first minute and a half of the interview. So I'm just, um, you know, cutting that out because it's just an annoying buzzing noise. Oh, okay. Um, and, and add some audio to it, add some um, visual to, to it, just like pictures and stuff rolling through while people watch it. And then I'm going to release it on YouTube. Perfect. Great. Well, yeah. I think my recording today, this episode may come out before um, because I'm going to be working on it over the next day or so. So how would you like to do that? Do you want me to wait until after you put yours up? No, do whatever you need to do. Excellent. All right. Let's just roll with it. We'll just, um, we'll see how I go because, you know, life might get in the way. I'll just trust in the universe, in God, Mm -hmm. whatever our belief system is. And uh, it'll it'll just, yeah, I'll put it up when it's ready. No worries. So it's good. uh, It's good to have you here, even though we are sitting in the same suburb, but we in a in our own home. It's cool. I love when you, um, I actually am glad that they put that part in 60 minutes when they said, uh, when you said, I'm I'm just a dude in Epping. Is that right? Is that what you said? Yeah, because I am. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) I say it all the time. I'm just a single mum in Epping and Epping is now on the map. Here we are, two great people (laughs) making people, um, helping people to become aware of what's really going on around us. And that's yeah. important. Yeah, bringing, bringing to light the, um, you know, uh, and making people. Oh, just right now, the internet went a little bit funny. So I'm just going to turn my internet off on my phone. All right, let's try that again. Say that again. Yeah, I've got Said my. that, um, you know, where the level of lies and just at the moment yeah Thanos we're having some technical difficulties have you got uh, any other internet on at the moment besides um, internet should be pretty good yeah it's just really odd all of a sudden as soon as you started talking it's like 
the internet does not want your voice to be heard. Yep, I can't still hear you. So I'm really finding that weird because normally your live streams go really well. I've got really bad internet. I have to reset my modem. It's at like <laughs> 1 1.2 gig. Oh, now it's gone back up again. Oh, now it's, it's very weird, my internet connection. It goes, it's very sporadic. It goes like 32 megabytes a second and then drops down to 15, uh, four megabytes a second, sometimes three. It should be all right now. Did you find that it was doing that before the lockdown, your internet? Or do you reckon it's ever since the lockdown, the internet's been playing up? Because for me personally, my internet was perfectly fine until the lockdown started because I found that all the kids being home in my area are all using the internet at one time, slowing it down. Yeah. I think then, it's just getting, I think it's just getting overused. Yeah, it's getting overused. Because I've had, you know, some people say to me, it's happening on purpose so that people can start wanting to upgrade to 5G so they can have... Probably. Hmm. But yep. we're called conspiracy theorists when we question that. No, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. That word was created by the CIA back in, uh, back just after uh, Lincoln was, I mean, um, JFK was assassinated. So that was, how long ago was that? What year are we looking at? 60, 63, he was assassinated. Yeah, so the CIA created yeah. that to start. The only American president that spoke about a free world and spoke about the fact that there is definitely a hidden um you know group of collective of people that definitely don't have people's best interests in heart yeah and you do and it's wonderful to have you on because my show is all about it's a health and well-being show it's designed for parents single or parents that are together and uh, i love having you on because you're thinking of the future of our children even though you yeah. don't have children but you do have family you've you know you've got your cousins and um Uncle, are you an uncle? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I got yeah. So it's great, uh, you know. You know what it's like to be a parent because you're seeing it, you know, from everyone else. So it's what I want to know is, you know, what made you get into this? What made you stand up and voice your opinion? What was that trigger, that moment that just said, "Yep, I've got to do something here." When I saw the the borders getting locked down, and I saw that they were. I saw all the countries at once going into financial collapse because of the, um, the virus and the way I saw it spread and how it spread and the numbers, the concentrations in some countries when others had nothing. And from the beginning, it, just, it was just one big lie, you know? And the more I looked into it, the more I um, did my research of what was going on. Um, you know, I always knew that, the, you know, they were trying to go towards a cashless society so they can implement a microchip. And then I saw the government and everyone starting to talk about the fact that money's unsafe and we need to get rid of physical money, like the World Health Organization was um, advising. Mm -hmm. And I thought to myself, this, this is very convenient. You're bringing out laws right now that say you can't carry more than $10,000 worth of cash on you. Otherwise, you'll be out. It is a criminal offense you're saying that money's unsafe and we need to get rid of it. And at the same time, now you want to talk about technologies that need to be implement, implemented in the interest of public safety. This has got nothing to do with public safety 
and it's got everything to do with government control. Do you think your background in security would have helped you understand this better? Yes, because I have a concept, I have an understanding of the law because every single time I teach my security course, I would spend three days teaching students about the law. I teach powers of the rest and I teach use of force. But through that teaching, I also have a very, um, you know, I'm quite, um, you know, quite, I'm quite confident in what needs to be done in order for you to be able to understand those laws and read them and understand every word means what it means from a law dictionary or the actual dictionary. There is no interpretation, right? And I saw the, the standards and I saw the laws that were being passed and there was, they created laws to arrest people that had standards so wide you could fly a jumbo jet through them and say you could arrest someone for that reason. You know, if you're going to be bringing out laws that talks about arresting, you better be specific as to what they can be arrested for if it's contravening a public health order. And you better be specific as to what a contravention of a public health order actually is. Because anything the government says is, um, uh, you know, in the interest of public safety can be arrestable otherwise. Mm. You can't do that. That's... <laughs> And people don't realise, people say, oh, well, that doesn't mean anything. It does if you know what you're reading. That's dangerous if you know how exposed you are because of the way it's written. So you stepping up now, you're not just helping people that you're you know, training for security. You're now helping us, the common people, people the, the majority that are out there, especially with the group that you've got. You go into there every day. You do a live stream. You're helping us understand what we need to do uh, with the rallies and the protests as well. That's really important for you to be out there so you can help people understand um, their rights. That's what it sounds like. You're helping people to understand what their rights are. Well, look, at the end of the day, what's happening at the moment isn't not a normal time in life. You know, a virus swept the globe in five months. And within five months, all the governments around the world were happy to start sticking people with vaccines. Mm. Not, no talk about the strength of um, the immune system. No talk about strengthening the immune system, right? Did we forget we had an immune system? All the talk was about, we need to get a vaccine. We need a lot of people in their houses. And from the beginning, just seeing these people say this thing was highly contagious and deadly, and then seeing that unfold around the world, it didn't seem highly contagious and deadly. They, the media was saying it was, but they were, it wasn't actually showing it was. And people can argue and say, oh, what about the um, deaths in Italy? Most of the people that died in Italy were, were elderly. They were old. They were elderly people, right? Not to mention the fact that at the same time, um, with regards to those figures, there's reports around the world saying that all of the COVID deaths were being inflated mm -hmm. because anyone dying of anything was listed as COVID. Not to mention the fact that health, health professionals around the world have said that they shouldn't have been put on a respirator because that kills people who were, who were suffering from that stuff, right? And then couple that with the fact that media manipulation, that, you know, the video with the coffins, how Italy was showing the video with the coffins? Do you know that was from a shipwreck? That was actually from a shipwreck years ago. And they use the exact same footage. 
even the footage well, of the medical centers they were from uh, movies yeah. yeah it's all manipulated half that stuff the one with the dummies getting the person being taken in uh, to be put on a respirator it's a dummy if this thing's so real why are you fabricating media coverage of it shouldn't you have so much coverage that you wouldn't know what to do with it and so you couple that with the, the the draconian measures that the government's trying to put on the people in the interest of public safety and i'm like mate someone's got to do something about this because it's bullshit excuse my language but this is bull what's going on right now and they're taking the whole country for a ride and you've got like sixty thousand plus uh, members in your group and this is how you speak there you're helping them to understand do you still do you feel that the sixty thousand people that are in there are awake or do you feel like you still need to continuously explain this because i've heard it for a long time over and again and i'm with you fanos i'm sort of at a point now is like what's next let's do something about this but what i'm noticing is what you're explaining uh, needs to be explained again and again because i do find sometimes on my posts people come at me and laugh at what i'm, I'm putting forward and i feel like I have to go back now two months ago and start explaining again. Do you feel like you're repeating yourself? No, you no one challenges me to be honest. I don't get many people laughing at my posts or challenging much of what I say because I say it with conviction and I say it with confidence, you know, and um, I, I explain it in a way that makes sense to people. Now I have had, I've had, I've had you know, I've had some people that question and, and, you know, try and challenge what I say. But at the end of the day, you can't challenge the fact that something's highly contagious and deadly, 25 million people in the country and 104 or 105, or if it's not even 110 yet, over a period of 18, 19 weeks, it is not highly contagious and it's most definitely not deadly. And you can argue all you want that we locked down the country. We didn't lock down nothing, man. Construction sites were still going ahead. Police are still working. People are still working in hospitals. How come no one contracted this? How come no nurses or doctors contracted this virus? Because they were wearing PPE? Really? No one contracted this virus. No one, this virus never went through a police station like wildfire, mm. right? No, it didn't spread through, you know, all these other places where people were working that were still essential services. Has anyone ever walked into a Centrelink and seen how many people are shoulder to shoulder? And so many people walk behind work behind the counter. All it would take is one person to sneeze who was infected, and the Centrelink would be a CDC zone. I but know, it wasn't. You also got bunnies. I mean, as soon as the lockdown happened, people were like, great, we can start working on our house now. Yeah. It's time. And no one got sick of bunnies. Nobody. Hmm. No one got sick of bunnies. No one interacted with one customer who had a highly infectious disease that spreads rapidly. But Cedar Meats had 14, uh, 14. Do you know what really upsets me? The fact that people don't look at what they're told and cross-reference it to what they were told previously. They're just the media said, and yeah. the gut, sorry? They're just believing what they're seeing through media, mainstream media. They're believing what they're yeah. reading on their, on their Facebook um, news feeds, whoever they're following, whatever the algorithm is, they're just reading and believing whatever they're saying. And you're right. They're not questioning the information. Okay, let's stay, let's stay with that then. Let's stay with the fact that they haven't heard anything apart from mainstream media. 
the media with the, the media and the government were the very people that said this is a highly infectious disease that spread rapidly. And then the government has reported numbers of not even 110 across the country of 25 million. That's not one death per state per week. And we're told we're dealing with a pandemic. But you can say that and say that the reason we, we didn't get those numbers is because we locked ourselves away. We didn't lock away nothing. For the first saying. eight weeks, people were shoulder to shoulder. That's why they brought out the laws in the first place to do with us social distancing because people weren't following the rules. They were going to the beach. They were going to cafes. They were sitting too close to each other. So don't tell me that from the one side you brought out these laws because people weren't listening and you had to make these fines impossible because the people weren't listening. But at the same time, people weren't listening, they were congregating, but the thing didn't spread and kill people. And at the same time, you say that we need to go now and do contact tracing. Why do you need to do contact tracing? Because people could have the virus and not know it. Well, you're telling me that people could have the virus, they could be spreading it. They've been spreading it for a long time but no one's contracted and no one's gotten sick and died of it. What are you talking about? That's, it's either highly contagious and deadly or it's not. Exactly. Well, as we know, it's not highly contagious. It's not deadly because like you explained then, with the contact um, tracing app, I haven't downloaded it and I don't believe that you haven't either. Um, no. <laughs> I, have a, I have a view around that, especially with the dining in to restaurants experience where they're asking our, us for our contact details. Mine is, my, my thoughts around this and my feelings around this is the government want to see our response, how we are responding, how we are behaving once restrictions are lifted. So that's one way for them to track that, to collect data. And so I think that's a really smart move at their end because they want to see how businesses are, are coping. So they've, you know, they're collecting this data so they know, like even for beauty salons, hairdressing, hairdressing restaurants. But as we know, Fanos, and a lot of people don't realise this, and this is my fight at the moment, which I'm explaining to people, is you don't have to give your details. And businesses don't need to follow yeah. it. It is a guideline. It's not listed anywhere under the public health. It, it's not listed anywhere under the public health act 2008. There are emergency powers that were given. There's no provision in there that says that the, 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 uh, they must provide, you must provide your name and address to enter into, into any, any premises. You, you are required to provide your name and address to police because they're invest to investigate in the interest of whether you are brief, you are, um, you know, in the interest of public safety, that's it. All this other stuff, it's just, all they're doing is setting a precedent for people to be used to giving away their personal information and control. So you're that's saying all it's about. the Public Health Act? Uh, 2008, Section 190. Okay, they haven't updated that. So we're following that and it doesn't say anything there. So what I have here is of the 26th of May 2020, a hospitality industry guideline uh, for coronavirus. And see, so this is not, this is actually part of DHHS, uh, which is, um, where is that from? Of uh, the publications from that website. And they're here, they're just explaining to 
businesses and patrons to understand that if they can request for our details, but we can refuse. But of course you can, because, sorry, keep going. Yeah, but it does say right at the end though, it does say that if a customer at the venue is in breach of the directions issued by the chief health officer or is not cooperating, a business has a right to refuse entry. Yeah, uh, they can. Right, they do. So this is what gets me thinking. This is so. People, don't spend your money there. Don't spend your money there. Then these businesses will not be able to thrive then because people will be turning away. Great. So any business that's stupid enough to follow these directives that make no bloody sense whatsoever and all they do is impede on people's privacy and move towards uh, a level of life that is totally under government control and you have no privacy whatsoever, if they believe in that, then, oh, no, I won't, I won't go there. I won't provide my details. But what about giving our details anyway to the ATO and Centrelink? What's the look, difference? Let's have, a look at this. let's have a look at this from common sense, right? Do you think the people there, when you walk into those restaurants and cafes, cross-reference whether you're putting down your, your information correctly or not? What's going to stop me from saying Mr. X and just signing it? Nothing's going to stop you. That's another question I'm going to touch on later about that because why are we giving fake details? Isn't that also complying with the guidelines? Do you know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Unless you're going to see, and if I don't sign my proper signature, I'm not doing anything right. I'm just scribbling. Mr. X, sign with an X. But we can right? false names, of course. I've done yeah, that. Of course you my first ever time, when they handed it to me, I freaked out, actually. I was just like, what is this? I didn't. I wish I was warned before sitting down because I would have said, no, thanks, I'll get takeaway. And the first thing I did was um, <laughs> Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I just, whatever name came into my head and I went with it. But that was the moment that someone actually explained to me about the guidelines and I said, no, I'm refusing. And I have since then refused. But people are now coming up with ideas of fake names that I think, isn't even giving a fake name complying, isn't that showing the government? Because when, when the, the council gets the paperwork, not, not the restaurant, the restaurant's not going to contact you if there's an outbreak. The council collects these every week. They've got to hand it in. The council's going to collect these. Do you, do, really think, do you really think they're reading the names? I think they're just looking at the amount of people that are going through, how many people have actually conformed, how many people have complied. Are they actually collecting the information? They must, have, they must have about 8,000 people working in front of computers to put that stuff in through spreadsheets. Otherwise, what good is it? What good is it knowing someone's name and number if they've gone into a restaurant? And don't forget that they say that you could have this for two weeks, right? Don't forget that they say that you can spread this for two days without showing symptoms. So what good is it giving your name and address to a restaurant? What good is it? Good questions. I'm actually going to start looking into this even further. I'm going to contact my council and speak to the right people, even to my local MP. I think it's really important that we've got to keep digging and asking these questions and getting answers, not just sitting around and talking about Thanos. We really need to not just, yeah, not just question, oh, what, what, what? Like you are actually digging, I'm digging, and the people that are listening now and watching, please start digging further. Pick up the phone, speak to people, get answers. Because if we don't, it's just all going to be talk in the end. We need to make a difference here. We need to make a change. So I'm going to look into it, Fanos, and I'll get back to you and I'll see what I can find out actually about all that.
Because you're right, 8,000 businesses. At the end of the day, you've got to think of it like this, right? The reason they're trying to do this is stop a virus from spreading. The only way you're going to do that is get people to strengthen their immune systems, number one, because it's a virus. In 85% of people, they said it's safe. They said that they'll only show mild symptoms. And these are things that they told us. In 15% of cases, it's severe. In 5% of those cases, it could be life-threatening. That's what they told us, right? Or it might be 10%, right? You can go and have a look on the, on the WHO. That's what they told us. So if this thing's only deadly with 15% of the population, and only five, sorry, if this thing's only deadly with five to 10% of the population, why is 100% of the population being subjected to the measures? And how does it stop a virus from spreading if they have your phone number and your name? They don't. It doesn't. How does it stop a virus from having an app? It doesn't. Why? Because a sneeze can travel six meters. So what about if you weren't anywhere near anyone who even had the app? What about if someone just sneezed in the crowd of people? Don't say everyone covers their mouth when they sneeze because there are some grots out there, mate, and they don't. You have to close your eyes as, and cover your ears too. I just want to touch yeah. on this a little bit. Uh, my background is um, health and science and I'm 40 now, so I've done lots of research over the years. And for you to stop a sneeze, to get into your mouth and your nose, your eyes too, Banas, as we know, there's liquid, yeah. it can get in. So when someone sneezes, you better cover your whole head because those masks yes, aren't going to do anything. You can catch a viral infection through your eyes. Yes. Virus, viral. Very similar sounding, don't they? Mm. Right? So that's isn't why it, I think it's ridiculous. Something that's transferred mask. from person to person. Isn't that what something's known as viral? Right? So is a virus a viral contagion? It's good questions that you're asking here. Get so you if, thinking. If the World Health Organization said that this thing can be uh, spread through droplets that stay in the air and a, and a sneeze can travel six metres, how is an app on the phone going to keep me safe when not everyone, everyone owns a mobile phone? How's that going to keep me safe? Let's say everyone's got the app. Is that going to stop the virus from spreading? No. Is it going to stop people from dying if they get sick? No. So why do you want it? Why do you want the people to have it? And why would you push a population who had 25 million with 7,000 infections and 110 deaths to get an app for it? What, are what you should have been doing was formally apologising to the country and let people get back to work with their businesses. But you didn't. And not only did you didn't, you didn't. You pushed the app on people. What's your thoughts, Thanos? What's the answer to that question? Why it's do you not about a virus. What do you think it's, it's about? It's got nothing to do with the virus and it's got everything to do with government control. It's got everything but, to do with government control. So speaking about control, like, so I've got my personal development background here. When I think of control, I always think of if the external is controlling us, then we need to stop for a moment and work out within ourselves where, say, the lack of control is, 
where else there is control within ourselves? Do you think the government is trying to control us um, because most of us are pushing it, pushing it back, pushing them back, so they're trying to get stronger and stronger onto us? Do you think the government is actually feeling that we're becoming more consciously aware of what's happening, so they've got to push these measures onto us? People need to stop looking at the government like they're the, they, they are the, the elected officials that are there looking out for our best interests. People need to start looking at the government as a paid, a, a bought and paid for organisation that is serving the agenda of some very powerful people. Because the actions of what's happening with this whole thing from the start and all the things that they tell us to do make no sense whatsoever if you're dealing with a virus. One, of the, one thing that has been said through many medical professionals out there, one of the best ways to deal with a virus is something called herd immunity. Sorry, say that again. One of the best ways to deal with any type of um, sickness is something called herd immunity. Oh, herd immunity. Yeah, sorry, I couldn't yeah. understand because it just broke up a little bit then. Of course. Well, that's how... And understanding, and understanding how powerful the immune system is and strengthening the immune system. Every time I get sick, I go and eat garlic cloves. I go and get three or four garlic cloves, I chew them and I swallow them. Why? Because those pills you buy from the pharmacy that stop you from getting sick when you're about to get the flu have got garlic extract in it. So why would I take garlic extract when I could just go get three or four cloves chew them and swallow them, have bad breath for a couple of hours, but then I don't feel sick the next day. So garlic, if it's grown well, shouldn't give you bad breath, right? So if you, go, if, you go, if you go somewhere like Thailand, eat the garlic there, you watch, you will have no bad breath. So I don't know if it's about, you know, what they're doing or the type of garlic. Thai garlic, if you can find Thai garlic, you won't have the bad breath. But people that don't eat garlic, so some cultures like Indian cultures or um, some belief systems like Hare Krishnas, they don't eat garlic. So if they eat gar garlic for the first ever time, they might have uh, a, a reaction to that. It's quite hot and heating raw garlic if you haven't had it. I mean, our background is very similar. We have a Mediterranean background, so we've been brought up on garlic. But, you know, some that have never had it before, they just go straight for it and start chewing it. They might have that burning reaction and not enjoy it. But there are ways around to build your immune system. Uh, other things as well. Um, let's, let's touch on that now. What are some other things? Getting out, exercising, getting in the Don't sun. Get dirty. Stop using hand sanitizers all the time. Your, your body's perfectly, perfectly designed, right? When we're created, our body's perfectly designed. We actually have an immune system system for us to strengthen our immune system. Your nails, people go and use nail clippers to pinch clip their nails. What did we used to do before there was nail clippers? Bite our nails. Why? Because everything you touch gets caught under your fingernails. It's like a it's like your own little um Anti-vax, it's like your own little vaccination system. This here is your body being being subjected to all the bacteria in your surroundings. Yep. I'll only wash my hands after I come from the toilet. That's it. And if I've really been, you know, had my hands in 
real, you know, really, really, you know, disgusting chemicals or whatever else. If I'm just going about my business, I won't wash my hands because that's how your immune system get. It needs to be constantly bombarded with things. That's mm. how that's how it's strengthened. Last time I was sick, bedridden was seven and a half, eight years ago. And I've been around people with flus. I mean, bad flus. And like your your nose, your nose connects to your mouth. It connects to for a reason. The hairs in your nose have mucus. The mucus catches all the airborne bacteria. Your nose, when you do breathe that through your nose into your mouth and spit it out, as disgusting as it is, your body is subjected to that bacteria. You've got this collection system that constantly bombards your immune system and strengthens it. What do people do? Wipe everything down with hand, wipe everything down with fine cream. Sanitize your fingers every two seconds. That's not how we're meant to function. I, I mean, like with myself, with hospitality being my background as well, we were Different. taught you've got to be careful because you don't want your customers to get sick and then they end up suing you. So you have to be super careful. I know with me being a parent as well, it's very um, having a little baby walking all around. People are very scared and care careful around it. However, my daughter has not been exposed to chemicals in the home. We use a cloth called Enyo. It's a fibre that cleans the floor. We just use water. And I remember with her dummy, if the dummy ever fell out of her mouth and it fell on the floor, I'd just do the, I don't know if this is a Mediterranean thing, but my mum did it. I just put it in my mouth to clean off the dirt and then put it back into her mouth. I had heaps of people always going, what? What are you doing? No. They'd go get a baby wipe that's got chemicals on it. Uh, well, some some don't, but this one that this lady has says, no, I use this to wipe. And I said, well, you're putting perfume back into your child's mouth. So I'd rather put the saliva that's in my mouth back into my child because she did live in me for nine months while she was being created. No harm there. Um, Look, my house is, if you come out of my house, my house is spotless, right? I'm not saying I'm grot. I'm saying that you need to allow your body to be subjected to bacteria. And this whole thing, locking people in their homes, if you seriously wanted to suppress people's immune systems, so when they are subjected to something, they'll get sick, lock them in their homes for six months. Yeah. Well, the thing is... And let them out for an hour a day and don't let them be around people close enough where they can be subjected to sicknesses. People are going to get sick when they get back out there, but it's not going to be from a virus. It's going to be the fact that people's immune systems are destroyed right now and they're going to go out there and they're going to have the smallest little cough or cold come along and it's going to destroy them. Well, it's just like a child. When a, a child goes to daycare for the first time, we're always warned, us parents are warned and parents are listening and they go, yep, totally understand this. The first week, the kid comes home, your kid comes home, home sick. They get better, come back again, sick again. However, the good news is when they start primary school, they're not sick because they caught everything in that time. So... It's good to be exposed to those common bacterias and to catch those common cold. We shouldn't be saying you can't catch a virus, but it's just terminology that we need to change now, don't we? We need to, yeah, you know, vir a viral infection starts from within us. And yes, if your immunity isn't strong enough, your symptoms will come up. But another one that we haven't touched on yet, which I do, is mindset. You said you haven't been sick for such a long time. And that's also got to do with your mindset as well. Same with me. I haven't been sick for a long time. My daughter had 
um, strep throat last year and I laid right next to her and she coughed on me and we didn't use any antibiotics. She healed herself naturally. Your body can do that can, and can be its own antibiotic. And I laid there with her the whole time and I never got sick. So for me, it's mindset because I'm not in fear of it was a bacterial infection, it was a virus, and I wasn't in fear of it. So fear can make us sick. So when, like you're saying, when people leave the house, the ones that are still at home now, and when they do set out, and it is pretty scary out there because I jump on public transport and majority of the people are wearing masks. That freaks me out. I'm like, why are you wearing a mask for? Number one, it doesn't protect you because it's not yeah. the, I've got nurse friends that have sent me private messages that say the N95 is the mask to be wearing. Anything else does not work. Cloths do not work. So no, it's got the whole side. You need a mask that's full, uh, fully sealed all the way around your face, has a good, good, good wires to go over the bridge of your nose, because I've worn them, because I used to do plastering all the time, and I have to wear those types of masks. And they're not cheap either. Mm-hmm. They're like 15 bucks each. These things that they're wearing, all they do is stop if there was a virus to stop people from spreading it to others. It doesn't stop you from catching it. It, stops, it, it helps if you sneeze that it can't be transferred to others. And all these people that say, they turn around and call me uneducated. Mate, I know all this stuff. You, you're the one wearing the mask and you don't even know that thing don't do nothing to stop you from catching that thing. N95 is a special type of mask. Mm. You can't even get them because it's so much, there was such a demand for it. I've seen them. The, yesterday at Chemist Warehouse is like $35 for a tiny little amount. And I laugh because as a beauty therapist, I've got the just the basic ones, which I use for different purposes. So my purpose is when I'm, this is what I used to be like. When I was hungry, I would salivate but I had to finish off working on my client with whatever treatment I was doing. I didn't want to spit on them because they're having a beautiful, relaxing treatment. So I'd wear that mask. That would actually stop me from spitting because I was hungry. Not anymore. I make certain now I have a lunch break and I still have so many masks sitting in my drawer. I don't even pull out anymore, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't even give them to people because it's embarrassing. It's not going to help anybody at all. Um, to prevent spreading anything that they've got, bacterial or viral, whatever's happening for them. So, yeah, it's, it, it makes so much sense, but a lot of people don't know this. And so here we are today trying to help people to understand, are they listening, Thanos? Are you getting the results that you would hope for? I believe so. I'm getting a lot of people that are reaching out to me saying, look, I didn't believe anything was going on, but... The more I've watched your, your videos, the more I'm starting to question what's going on. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, thank you for not giving up and just keep going um, with what you're doing. And I believe so, but I also believe that there are too many people that trust the media and the government. Way too many. Way, way too many of this society put too much trust in the media and the government. And I put it like this. Would you trust a stranger with your kids? Of course not. That's a big no. (laughs) Well, this is what I don't get, right? People wouldn't trust a stranger with their kids. So why do they trust the government and the media with their families? 
um, with with the well-being of their family and what's going to happen to them if if what I've been saying and a lot of other people have been arguing is the real truth, not what they're telling us. Well, it's just like what your one of your members said to you that contact you. Thanks for not giving up, right? Because the media and the government do not give up. They go on and on and yeah. on and on. And you're not giving up. So now people are starting to have hope and faith in what you're saying because you're not just at one hit wonder. You're here for life now to help people wake up to understand what is going on. You are asking the questions and you're getting people to think. But what I asked before, when I asked about the government, why are they doing the tracking and why, you know, because my, my sense, my feeling was about control. If they know, if they know that they've got a control on the masses, why are they still continuing to put that control on top and pushing that? Because the control, the level of control that people need to understand is coming. You have no more rights. You're completely stripped. So that's you what don't doing. do what you do with your government. Your government tells you what to think. And if you don't think that way, you don't eat and your family doesn't eat. You don't you do not function in their society, right? Everything that's coming has nothing to do with human rights and has nothing to do with, um, you know, a life for the people. It's got to do with total control of everyone on this planet. Everyone's tracked. Everyone has a microchip in them. Everything you do is monitored by artificial intelligence. You don't go anywhere, say anything or do anything without Big Brother knowing what you're doing. And that there is because there are some evil people that run this, that, that are on top running this world. This world, everything to do with our government and um, the, the world, uh, the people that control the United Nations and all this other stuff, it's got nothing to do with the good of the people. Because if they really had the people's best interests in mind, if these philanthropists really had the best interests in mind, they'd sacrifice 10% of the 99% of the wealth they carry and no one would go, go hungry again. But they don't. They serve their own agenda and they serve their own needs and wants. And at the end of the day, it's all about creating a one-world government, a one-world religion, a one-world one world digital currency, and you are controlled by the top. And they've been speaking about this for years. Mm. For years, they've been trying to implement this stuff. So what are we going to do, Thanos? We're sitting here now and we're, we're doing what we need to do. I'm creating this episode for the listeners to hear what's something, a simple instruction that they can do right now when they stop listening to this episode. Speak out. If you believe, if you believe what's, what is happening if you're finally aware of it, stop being afraid of what people will think. Think about the people you care about more than you, more than you care about what they're going to say to you. Because the only way this is going to change is with herd mentality. Right? If you want to understand that, the psychology of uh, you know, uh, the herd mentality or herd thinking, stand at a traffic light with three or four people and look up at a building. And within 15 minutes, there will be 25 people looking up at that building, wondering what everyone's looking at, what everyone will be looking up. 
Well, it's time for everyone to stop looking at the building and start looking at the government and start looking at your authorities if you don't trust them and start speaking out because it's only with a collective consciousness of the people where everyone is finally driven towards getting rid of all the lies and all the, all the, all the deceit and exposing the truth. And only when enough people speak out will people stop saying, oh, these people are tinfoil wearing hats or whatever else they like to say. And they'll say, you know what? These guys were the visionaries. These guys were the people that saw what we were so blind to. And these are the people we need to be grateful for the fact that the bravery to speak up because without them, we would have been in a very different place. Mm. Speak out. Stop being so afraid. But what about those that are that are blind, the ones that have such trust, faith in the system? Like, they, I didn't know if they're going to be watching this right now. And if they are, let's send a message to them too. If they are so blinded by it and they think what we're talking about is a whole lot of, you know, pocus pocus bullshit and they believe that we are not the future and we're, you know, pulling the wool over their eyes, what do we say to those people that have such trust and faith in the government? I mean, we are referring to these people as sheep, right? And the ones that are asleep, how do we wake them up? How do we help them? I won't refer to them as sheep. I'll refer them to people that have, you know, definitely fallen victim to the indoctrination machine of media manipulation and the power that the government has over the people because people need to trust their government. People feel like they need to trust their media. Otherwise, the whole world falls apart. What would I say to them? Would you trust a stranger with your kids? Because right now that person you're listening to, that chief health, that chief medical officer of this country, you don't know him. You don't know what he does behind closed doors. You don't know what type of person he is, what type of money is that lined in his pockets. And unless you've seen that person behind closed doors, I'd suggest you stop trusting that person with your family. Same as Scott Morrison. You don't know him. You don't know what he's like behind closed doors. You don't know what he's done, what type of evil he has running through his veins. You don't know. So why do you trust them for? Why would you trust complete strangers? Because that's what they are. Just because they're on TV doesn't mean that they're someone you know. I'm all over social media. People don't trust me, right? So why do you trust people in the government? Especially in this time of life, when your life, you know, before when politicians would make decisions, people weren't too concerned because they weren't really hurting us that badly, let's say. But the decisions that are being made at the moment have serious implications against you being a human, being able to interact with a person in public ever again, mm. being able to go and see someone that you love because they're afraid of spreading a virus. If I want to catch a virus and die, why can't that be my decision? It's my body. Stop trusting these strangers and listen to your intuition because if your heart's telling you something's not right, it's not me you need to be concerned about. I only have 60,000 people listening to you. The government, if they're the ones that are the problem right now, 
And if they're the ones that are lying, know that they've got 25 million followers and that's dangerous. Stop trusting the strangers that you think you, you know. That's what I'd have to say to them. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hoping that they're listening. It'd be great to get feedback too. So, yeah, those that are listening, you can publicly comment on here or if you like, send me a private message and I'll pass it on to Fanos. It'd be lovely to know what people are thinking. Um, and I've got no judgment. So come at me. It's all good. I'm here to hold space for people. For I'm here to hold a platform for people to have any opinion. I'm all about pro-choice. Thanos, I'm, I'm here. You know, if someone wants to get a vaccination, that's up to you. Go it's for your it. Choice. You want to go get the vaccine for COVID? Go for it. But that should be a per that should be the person's choice who's choosing to do it. If I don't want to get that because I don't trust it, it shouldn't be mandated. You want to you want to make it you want to make it um, voluntary? Go for it. But don't say that I have to take it because that's my body. If I want to let my immune system deal with it, I'll do that. I'll happily go walk through a crowd of 15 with COVID. And if I'm meant to die, it's my time to go. If I was meant to die of a virus, it's my time to go. I believe if it's your time to go, it's your time to go. It doesn't matter what you think you can do to stop it. If you thought you saved yourself from getting COVID and that's what stopped you from dying, you would die walking in the kitchen and crack your head on the kitchen counter if it was your time to go. So stop fighting the inevitable. Yeah. Right? Stop trying to control death. If it's your time to go, it's your time to go. My brother went through two. My brother drove accidentally, um, had, had a problem with his eyes while he was driving, coming home from fishing. Right? Went through two power poles. Completely destroyed his whole car. He was in hospital for one day and he had a seatbelt bruise across his body. Because it wasn't his time. Mm. I've been hit by two cars in my back, both of them, right at the bottom, the base of my spine. I should be paralyzed now or I should have died. Wasn't my time. Wasn't meant to happen to me. Stop trying to stop, trying to stop things that are invisible. Have some faith. If something's meant to kill you, it'll kill you. So if you're not meant to die, you won't. Mm. It's about surrendering, it sounds like. Surrendering. Yeah. Let it Trust go. Me. Trust. Stop living in so much fear. If you're meant to die, you're meant to die. And, you know, moving forward, what's your next step now? Like what's, what's happening now for you? So after the 60 Minutes interview, um, you'll put up your full... Uh, interview once that is up and running what I'm I'll do is I'll, now, yeah yeah once it's up and running i'm actually gonna put it in the description of this episode as well yeah. so people that are listening oh. to this i'll have the link in there to fanos so they can jump onto that as well um okay. and if this one goes up before yours what i'll do is i'll it might not be there but come back to this episode because i'll update it and i'll put that in there yeah so moving forward what's next what's on your What's on your calendar? What's happening now for you? I've got a $1,652 fine. I have to figure out how to fight. Because that, was, that wasn't an answer that I was expecting. I'm laughing, but I know you're, you're going to work it out because you're going to know. You're going to understand. Well, I'm sure you're reading all the material for Know Your Rights. Are you getting that? To, well, where are you getting your information from? 
Um, I'm starting to read acts and stuff like that. I'm starting to do my research about the law from a different perspective. Um, and I'm educating myself. And that fine's not right. And if there was really a virus and people were really, okay, let's say there is a virus, right? If there was really something that was highly contagious and deadly and hundreds of thousands of people were getting sick and people were, the hospitals were overrun, right? I would have created a movement to stop people from going outside, right? So um, I know that those fines are given out. They're not right. They're taking advantage of people's faith in the government. And they're taking advantage of people's blind belief in the media and what they say. So what's next for me now? I'm taking it one day at a time. You know, I didn't eight weeks ago or nine weeks ago, whenever all this started, you know, to think that I would have been on a primetime television thing like a current affair who interviews people like Chappelle Corby and all this, you know, people that are known and have been through the media. It just goes to show the, what can be achieved by the determination and drive of an individual who believes that the good of the people and believes that integrity within the people that control us is important. Um, so moving forward, I, I'm trying to figure out um, ways to earn an income out of security. So I'll probably get back into construction because I used to do that. Um, and creating YouTube content, which you know I'm also learning how to do. And um, yeah, probably just build a public profile. I don't know. People have said you should get into um, politics. Like I don't, I don't want to be associated with those types of people. But if I had to do that in order to make some change in this damn, I don't like to say the word damn country in this country, with what's going on at the moment, I'll do that. You're stepping into some really, you know, good paths there in all the different areas, you know, income and your own uh, personal stuff you're going through with your fine. I mean, that, that's, that's a huge one, really, because a lot of people are being given fines unlawfully. Uh, I had a, a client recently tell me that a police officer um, stopped and uh, was speaking to my client in regards to... Uh, him just checking his boot and he came back and said thank you so much for explaining what's been going on and he was able to talk himself out of it to explain what was happening so he wouldn't be getting a fine so you know kudos because um, if we're not speaking about this fanos a lot of us will just yeah just accept the fines cop it and go and pay for it and um, that's not the way it should be we really need to be if there is a virus, let's put the focus on helping the community heal and build their immunity. But here they are giving fines out for things that have got nothing to do with the coronavirus. Let's look. Let's be. Let's look at this honestly for a second. Let's say, okay, let's say that there is a virus and it's it's highly contagious and deadly. 
8 million working population was still out there. Even with all the precautions, more people should have died. Way, way, way more people should have got sick. And the places where they said they were essential services and they didn't need to follow the restrictions in terms of social distancing, they should have been hotbeds of the virus. Mm. And none of them were. And that should be your red flag just there. You should look at this from an ever from a perspective of looking at what you've been presented, looking at the evidence in terms of how you should assess the level of risk that was associated with certain jobs. And then you should ask yourself, the places that had the highest interactions between people should have been the places that had this virus more than any. And they didn't. And that's where you should start focusing your questions, not the fact that the media is turning around telling we need to get rid of us, get ready for a second wave because of the Black Lives Matter protest. What, so that the police that we've been standing around each other not following the rules, they didn't catch this and it didn't spread. Did you hear one police officer that contracted COVID-19? Did you hear one police station that was shut down because of COVID-19? If anyone was going to catch it, wouldn't it be people that are on top of each other trying to arrest somebody and breathing all over each other? If anyone's going to catch it, wouldn't it be the guys who are in the construction sites trying to put up panels that are standing right next to each other, sitting in lunch sheds, 100 strong, if anyone's going to catch it? Did anyone hear any construction sites get shut down with COVID-19? Right? No supermarket, no Kmart. No Bunnings, none of these big outlets. So the Coles Distribution Center that has over 100 employees working, loading trucks and all of that, no one caught it. No one went into the toilet after someone sneezed and picked up those droplets. You're dealing with something that's highly infectious and deadly, say, presumed, but then it's not. And it's not showing it is. And please, if anyone's watching this, forget who I am and forget whether you need to trust me or not, but listen to what I'm saying because they're bloody good points. Mm -hmm. Government isn't answering them for you. They're saying it's because we successfully locked ourselves down. I did the math. We didn't lock ourselves down until the eighth week. We were going to the football during that time. Mm -hmm. We should have had... Over three, 400,000 infections in this country. According to the doubling rates of the CDC, I did a spreadsheet that had just one person spreading the virus to one person and doubling. So one would double to two, two would double to four, and they would infect and no one infect. By the end of the doubling of just one person affecting one person and that rate doubling of each person being affected by that previous person, it was 32,000 people that should have been affected in this country with a simple spreadsheet. It was 7,000 across the country. That's not even 1,000 infections per state. That's nothing. So we're going to slowly lift these, or the government's going to slowly lift these restrictions, and we may be fully out of it by next year. I definitely know because I have my own 
I can't, I can't explain this too well, but I definitely know that people that are being going into quarantine from overseas that are coming into the country, people that are needing to come home or essential workers. Um, I've, I know mental health nurses that have got contracts for the next six months where here in Melbourne, they're being sent from the airport straight to Crown Promenade. If you go for a walk around Crown Promenade, you will see people that have been quarantined in there for 14 days, only able to leave their room once a day for 15 minutes to get fresh air and then they're back in again. And it changes daily, but there are signs on the windows and you see people in there putting signs on there. When I was there, I saw the initials BLM. Um, I don't know if it's been pulled down now, but uh, what I'm trying to say here is this particular person that I know uh, has got a contract for the next six months. So it's gonna, it's gonna keep going, this uh, lockdown. So I don't feel like we're gonna be uh, feeling that complete freedom for another, till next year, another year or so. And then like you said, new world order is uh, already amongst us. It's already happening. So we need to start questioning. That is Definitely. really, that's sound advice. We need to, where What's happening at the moment, man? You can't explain it with rational thinking. You have to step outside the box. You have to let go of your trust of the, the collective organization that you believed had your best interests in mind, which was your own government. And you have to start looking at this as a free thinker and go and create your own um, outcome by looking at all people's avenues of information that they've provided, not just the ones that you believe you should be trusting. Because mm. yeah. it's a dangerous time ahead. Yeah, I think that's really important to to disconnect from disconnect, but then do your own research. And if you have to turn the TV off and turn your phone off and just continue to live your life for a couple of days before you turn it back on again, I think that that's been really good. What I've noticed, what people have done when I've given them that um, advice or suggestion, just get away, get away from any information source and just live your life a little bit do your eat sleep repeat and then turn on your phone turn on your laptop start researching here's a, here's a great question people should ask themselves right ask yourself this question if you never watched a news report in the last six months if you never listened to a government address in the last six months would you believe there's a highly infectious virus around that was deadly? I can answer that. Now, Big Brother, that show completely does that. In those three months when they're in lockdown, they have no media. And then right at the end, when the last man standing, last woman standing, they then sit in front of a big screen and for the whole three months, they get to see what they missed out on. And all the time they cry or they get angry. They have all these emotions that like come out. Um, 
you know, media shows the drawbacks to what's been going on and the benefits to what's been going on in that time. But in those three months, they don't know what's going on outside and what do they do? They just carry on, they live on, and they start their own little, and we're watching them. These big brothers are gonna come out soon. It's coming out again at the show, which I think is ridiculous because it's gonna trigger a lot of people that um, are in the lockdown. They've been in lockdown, they're gonna be in lockdown again. But what I'm trying to say here is, yeah, without any media, without any outside influence, and you don't know, you don't care. You wouldn't know. You, you would have gone about your life. You would have kept your business open. You wouldn't have even known that people were sick. You wouldn't. I don't know one person who's contracted this thing. Not one. And it's I speak like, to thousands of people. It's like, um, it's like swine flu. When that happened, it didn't become this big because back then, say swine or SARS or anything, media, um, social media wasn't as big as it is now. So interesting, interesting way you've said that. I actually did a timeline search and I did Spanish flu when was the spanish flu spanish flu was um within 20 years of after radio was introduced into the world now when it was first introduced it would have been introduced slowly it would have only been implemented globally after a certain period of time 2009 was that swine flu yeah i thought it was 2008 but that's yep yeah, it's still the same 2008 Mm -hmm. 4G was introduced just around that timeline. The virus that was around in 2001 or 2003, what was that one? Is that one? I don't know that one. Interesting fact that if you look up the same time frame, 3G was introduced into the world. Now, I'm not a person whoever had any concerns with telecommunications technology at all but something inquisitive in me said see if what these people are saying is true and you can look this up ask ask the question when was 3g introduced when was the swine flu so you're linking up now with this virus that 5g is the link to this one i'm saying that looking at the history of worldwide viruses they're lining up with the times when they did their upgrades for some reason now if you're going to look at something as a detective you're going to say was the murderer there when the victim was there sorry was the accused there when the victim was there hmm. well if they were around the same time frame then yes. Now, if the murderer was there every single time the victim was there, you'd start asking questions. Imagine you had a guy go and murder three different people in three separate houses across three separate time frames, across three years. The same person was seen there with the vehicle. The same person was seen in the area and the same person was seen to not have a reason 
of being anywhere else but there and can't explain themselves. Would you believe that that person was the murderer? You'd start, you'd think more towards yes and no, right? Well, the same technology implementation was around the same time frames that the virus outbreaks were. That's concerning. To me, that's something I need to look into. That's something that people should go and research. Because the government and Facebook and all the social media outlets right now, they are going moving heaven and earth mm. to make sure that anything to do with 5G being dangerous is being censored. Mm. And the government's happy to turn around and chief medical officers happy to get on TV and say, um, all, all claims to do with 5G being dangerous are false. Really? Where's your independent study? Where's, where's, where's our proper study done by an independent company? Not a government department. That's like getting a police officer to investigate police corruption. It's a conflict of interest. If you're going to do that, get a privately owned company to do the research for you. And then people might believe if you say it's not safe. Don't turn around and just say it's not safe. Because if you're going to do that, go and sign a piece of paper that says that it's safe. Mm -hmm. And if anything happens to anyone, you're happy to go to jail since you're so confident. Otherwise, I suggest you be quiet and go about doing your job, not speaking on behalf of the telecommunications companies. But look, that's... that's we you have to just look at the timelines. Yeah, we, we could keep continuing that because yeah, I have so many amazing questions to ask, like because of the link with um, Italy, because their 5G was turned on and in China, um, you know, yeah, it's, it's Interesting all... Interesting fact about China, before you go, mm -hmm. they had 1,585 g in, in that city and they were getting ready to implement 10,000. Do you know how many there are in the United States? In the whole of the United States, there was like 20,000. So in a 8,000 square meter city, they put 1,580 antennas of 10,000 that they were getting ready to put in. You know, it makes that's sense. dangerous. It makes sense. And that's another reason why our numbers aren't so high because we no. haven't turned on 5G like that. We don't have that many... 5G towers. They're meant to be every 150 metres when they're done. You know? Every 150 metres. Think of it like this. You know, you know, like an outdoor heater? You know how they're hot when you stand near them? If you put one in the centre of the room, it'll just heat the room. Mm. And you won't be affected. Put an outdoor heater every 15 metres and stand in between them. It's exactly what it's like. People need to start looking at this through common sense and, and you know, just don't be so trusting of everything. Anyway, I think we're running out of time anyway. <laughs> no, it's all good. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you so much yep. for coming, Thanos. It's a, it's a pleasure um, having you on my show and helping my viewers and, and listeners uh, see it from another point of view. And uh, if you want to give yourself a plug, do you want to talk about, just let us know where do we find you? Which group is it that we look into? So you can head over to the 99 Unite, 99% uh, Unite 
main group on Facebook. There's also uh, groups in all the states of Australia and territories. So if you check the main group, you can do that. Um, head over to the 99% YouTube channel, um, which I'll give to Lisa at the end of this. Um, she can chuck it at the bottom there. Um, and, uh, you know, every, every little bit helps at the moment. So if anyone wants to donate towards someone who just decided to put everything on the line in the interest of um, trying to make a difference, um, that would be amazing. And I'd like to finish with this. Stop trusting strangers. The people in government, you don't know them. So just stop trusting the, the safety of your family blindly with their advice. Thanks again, Thanos. Cool. Thanks for that. See you, Lisa. Yummy Mummy Podcast is self-funded. If you feel what I do is important and you would like to see more, please consider making a donation. paypal.me forward slash Lisa Jane Hussey.